For more than 30 years, I was a PC guy, yet for the last two years, I've used nothing but Apple. Why has that happened? What's my story? That's what we're going to talk about here today. My name is Pete Johns. This is Studio Live Today. My goal around here is to help you create, record, and release your best music. We do that through tips and tricks and tutorial videos, as well as this weekly podcast. If you want to find out all the ways you can get involved, studiolivetoday.com. So what motivated me to talk about this today and potentially bring on all the comments that are already being left in the description of this video and all the emails that I'll receive saying that I'm an Apple fanboy and I've drunk the Kool-Aid? Well, I just wanted to give a frank open and honest reason as to why I now use Apple products, because it's probably not what you think. It is not because I've become some rich elitist person where I'm like, unless it's got that beautiful silver Apple logo on, I'm simply not going to use it. No, it's because I'm a lazy, lazy person. I like things that work. I like the convenience of having things streamlined and working the way that I want them to. And that's what I found. When I first started using iPhones and iPads, I found that they just worked for my way of working. And this is my key point. If you listen to nothing else from this week's show, please just listen to this. And maybe before you put your comment down there saying, John's, you're on, you've drunk the cool. Yeah, just listen to this. Use what works for you, but appreciate that other people can use what works for them. And this is why you might say, well, now I don't have to listen to anything else you say. Well, yeah, I still think it's an interesting story and an interesting topic. But at the end of the day, whether you use an iPhone or an Android device, whether you use a Windows PC or a Mac computer, it really doesn't matter. It all comes down to you and it comes down to what's going to work for you to help you create your best music in the home studio or do whatever it is you're doing. And what I've found is over the last few years, I've made this transition for a few reasons that we'll cover as we go through here today. I do want to welcome you aboard if you're here watching the live premiere or watching the replay of the video. Hello, if you're listening on the podcast, hello. And once again, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can search Studio Live today, Pete Johns, on any of your podcatchers of choice. And feel free to leave your feedback there. Tell me I'm a crazy fool for uh, liking Apple stuff. That's fine because, you know, everyone should like what they want to like. But that's not always the way everyone thinks. So uh, feel free to give me your feedback and let me know where I'm right, wrong, or otherwise. Right, I'm going to categorize this. I've broken it down because I could rant for literally hours and tell you all the backstory of all of this, but I've decided to break it down. We're going to go with ease of use, design, cost, compatibility, quality, and support. So these are the things that came to mind immediately and look we'll go off on tangents because we always do on other things and again if you've got other topics or other bits of feedback please let me know drop it in the description my email address is out there pete at studiolivetoday.com tell me what you think but that's the way i thought i would break it down here so to start with i mentioned i'm a lazy lazy man ease of use is something that I, the reason, the main reason that I've stuck with Windows PCs over the years is that I came through this transition. Tell me if this is familiar for anyone. DOS 5, DOS 6.1, DOS 6.22, Windows 3, Windows 3.1, Windows 95, Windows 98, Windows XP, Windows Vista, Windows 8, Windows 10, Windows 11. 
I used them all. And the learning curve between each of those was quite shallow because they all draw on the same thing, the same file system, the same structure, the same point and click interface, the same alt tabbing to go between your tasks. Everything's very simple. Control, alt, delete, task manager, all of that stuff. So whenever I would go into an Apple store and I'd play with a Mac and be like, oh, maybe I should check out a Mac, I would instantly get lost. No idea what I was doing. Not easy to use. Now, this is weird because Apple have this, low, have this saying that they use and at least used to use in a lot of their stuff, which was Apple, it just works. And what I found is it just didn't work for me. The way that Mac OS was set up, like OS X, OS X, whatever it was, tigers and leopards and bears, oh my, the way that that worked just wasn't aligned with my brain. So when I first started this channel, the reason that I had a PC, in fact, I had two, I used a desktop and a laptop PC, and then I used my iPhone and my iPad for my creation, because this channel is a lot about iOS music production and creation on your mobile devices, I never thought that I would actually be able to move to a Mac. I kind of thought maybe there was some, some compatibility advantages to using a Mac, but I couldn't do it. Here's what happened. Here's how that changed and why that changed and why I now confidently use a Mac. The Mac OS changed. It evolved over time. It is now, and for better or worse, it is now more like iOS and iPad OS than ever before. So for someone like me, I suddenly learned that, oh, actually, I can go in there and use this. I would go in and I'd play with it and I'd be like, oh, the settings look kind of the same. Oh, you've got the, the little control panel looks the same. Oh, it's got a, the, the finder's just like the files have. Oh, there's the spotlight search, which is just like swiping down on your phone. So the ease of use suddenly became in the ballpark. Now, I would be a lying liar who lies if I didn't tell you that when I got my first Mac, the frustration in those first six months on the learning curve was still there. It was still real. I still hate the way that the your alt tab, your command tab in, in Mac, and you then have to hold down the option button to stay on that window. It won't keep a window open. When you close an application, it doesn't close the application when you hit the X button. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I've had to get used to. And you might say, isn't that making sacrifices? Well, yes. There's sacrifices in everything. But for me, the positives are outweighing the negatives now that I'm, again, all in on Apple gear. So ease of use, yes, there was that learning curve. It was steep to start with. And yes, if I wanted to stay in my comfort zone short term, sticking to Windows would have been the way to go. But I kind of got the feel that longer term, I would actually be better off in the Mac world for some of the other reasons that we're going to talk about now, such as design. Yeah, the design of Mac products. So I'm using a Mac Mini M1. The first Mac I bought, and I'll talk about why I bought it and how that all came about in a moment, but the first Mac I bought was the Mac Mini M1, absolute base model. And the reason that I bought that was that it, it was so affordable. It was actually, the again, we'll talk about price in a moment because that's obviously one of the concerns here. But from a pure design point of view, the Mac Mini sitting on my desktop, it's not a big clunking desktop that goes under my desk like my old PC was. There's no spinning drives. There's virtually no fan noise. For someone producing in a home studio where you need something that just sits out of the way, does its thing, the design of this thing is pretty darn awesome. And it really does borrow from the iPhones, the iPads, and your other Apple devices. There's virtually no denying that if you want something that 
kind of looks cool, <laughs> you go with Apple. Now, I've been a usability over looks person for my whole life. I, I want something that actually functions. Function over form, I guess, is what that you'd say. But at the same time, it is still nice. It, it's a nice to have to have that design. Now, the design's not only just down to the the way it looks, but it's also the way the usability again it relates to the easy use we talked about before but the design of everything the plug and play the the fact that you just plug in you log in and then you're off to the races and similarly like now that i've used multiple macs similar way to use multiple iphones or ipads the way you set one up by just saying hey this is me just bring all my stuff over from this thing because of icloud drive because of the simplicity of the apple ecosystem Everything just follows you across and then it sets up everything, my apps and my passwords and my shortcuts and my text replacements and all the same things that I use and love on iPhone and iPad are right there on there. So the design of both the hardware but also the software implementation is really good. Now, are there problems with that? Yes. When I first got my first Mac, just setting up the screen resolutions was a pain in the backside. Trying to get drivers for my audio gear, my Zoom Live Track L8, wasn't supported in Mac OS Big Sur for about six months. So I had to use a different mixer. So yeah, if you were around the channel at the time, you will know that I went through some teething problems. I had a steep learning curve when it came to how to utilize it. But I think the overall benefits of the design from apple versus the hodgepodge of things and it comes down to the fact that when you get an apple product it is the product and the the, the biggest challenges i had in audio and video production using pcs was that every single video card every single processor every single bit of hardware just worked differently you could run you could grab a pc and use almost the same hardware but then just have a slightly a different uh, interface on one computer versus another and it wouldn't work the same way you'd get an error on one and it would work flawlessly on the other and you'd have to play around with driver software for days and install all sorts of weird and wonderful third-party things the benefit again the ecosystem, the way they've designed the ecosystem on the Mac is that a Mac is a Mac is a Mac. And if you've got an M1 or an M2 or probably soon to be M3 Mac, you're running basically the same software and almost identical hardware across every single one. So even though I came across a bunch of issues and I wasn't happy about them at the time, I was pulling my hair out and I don't got a lot of hair to pull out, at least I knew that other people would be having the same problems because they're using the exact same gear. So when I was having problems with my mouse and my Bluetooth mouse in Big Sur and then in uh, Monterey, I could look around and everyone else was having the same problems. And eventually a, a patch was provided that fixed that up. In the meantime, did I have to use a wired mouse just to make sure that I could actually not pull my hair out again? Yes, I did. But again, it, it was knowing that, hey, I didn't have to. Like, if you've been, have you been into forums uh, for folks using PCs for music production and they have to list their entire setup and they could be running like a, an NVIDIA graphics chip or, and then like an Asus motherboard and then a, a Avermedia HDMI input card and like there's so many different things that can go into there. Again, with the Apple world, the design is much simpler. Let's not bury the lead. I did bury the lead, but let's not bury it any longer. Let's talk about cost, shall we? Because this was my number one thing. When I was when I was a PC, when I was the John Hodgman to your Justin Long, I always talked about cost. My friends who would buy a Mac, they would say, I bought this new Mac laptop. It's amazing. It flies. It's great. 
And I'd say, what are the specs? And they're like, oh, well, look, at the specs aren't really that important because it's very different. You can't compare apples with apples, <laughs> pun intended. You can't compare apples and oranges because PCs are actually different. And I'm like, okay, so how much did you pay? Well, the, the thing is, it's, it's, it's an investment in my... F- how much did you bloody pay? Uh, $4,300. And I'm like, wow, $4,300 uh, $4, for, for a laptop that has half the specs of the, the PC that I just bought for $1,200. And that was where it was at. It was two to three times the price for the same specs. And as a PC user, I thought that was kind of ludicrous because... For me, there were two things about it. All the things we mentioned before about the ease of use and the the learning curve going over to Apple products versus what I already knew about PCs was going to be hard enough already. And then you're asking me to pay two or three times as much for the privilege of having slower performing hardware that I don't know how to use with a software setup that makes no sense to me. No, thank you. Where do I sign down? Is that the opposite of sign up? I'd like to think so. So I didn't want to get involved with that because of that cost. Something happened though. Uh, Apple uh, implemented the M1. They implemented their silicon, Apple Silicon, their system on a chip, their SOC. And that drastically reduced their prices and drastically improved performance to the point where the same priced Mac suddenly, not only in the minds of Apple fan people, but on actual benchmark testing, did better than the same cost PC. And at that point, I was I was already Apple curious, but at that point I was like Apple super intrigued because I wanted to know. I wanted to test this out. So I'm like, right, Apple M1 here in Australia it was $699 American. Here in Australia it was $1099, like $1100. I'm like, I'm going to buy my first Apple Mac. And I bought it and then it sat there in a box on my desk for like three days because I'm like, I'm too scared. I don't want to plug it in. I don't know what I'm going to do. Eventually I plug it in. And I have all those teething problems I talked about. But fundamentally, 80 to 90% of what I needed it to do worked and it worked like that. There were no conflicts. There was nothing that needed that was really frustrating me. Whereas every time I'd installed, every time I got a new PC, step one, remove all the bloatware, take Norton antivirus off there, spend all that time, McAfee, whoever it was that they put on there. Step two was to to go in and download all the latest drivers and make sure that you had compatibility across all the different bits of gear that you'd plugged into it. Step three was go in and partition the hardware. You get the gist. There was a lot of stuff there. The Mac was... The dream of plug and play. I literally plugged in. I logged in with my Apple ID that I already had. It brought across a bunch of my stuff from iPad and iPhone because it knew who I was. And then I just went for it. And the stability, again, compared to a much more expensive PC that I was using, both laptop and desktop, it just worked. And it gave me much better quality. If you were watching Your Music Live, which is my weekly independent music live streaming show, if you're watching that at the time, you will see this drastic difference in the quality of the video and the audio and just how everything just worked. When I was using the PC, there'd be issues. The sound would drop in and out. There would be choppy video. It just really didn't work that well. Moved on to the M1 with the Mac. Everything just worked first time. Now, did it work every time and did it work perfectly? No, still had those mouse issues. I did have a couple of audio issues, as I mentioned, with the, the, the drivers for some of my gear. So it wasn't perfect, but it was a heck of a lot better. And 
if I, here's the deal. If I was paying $3,000 for that Mac Mini, like I would have had to be paying to get the same level of performance from the Intel Macs, yeah, I would have been very unhappy. But I was looking to buy a new PC and I'd specced out the PC I wanted. It was going to be about $1,500. So to get the Mac Mini for $1,100 that did everything out of the box, I was pretty impressed. Since then, I've used other Macs. And again, it's a, it's a matter of now I'm used to it. The learning curve to jump back. When I jump on a Windows PC now, I find that to be the clunky thing. So I'm, I'm not fully transitioned yet, but I'm definitely on the road to, to transitioning across to that. And again, it won't be for everyone. The cost of all the other gear. So if you think about it in terms of, you know, buy, if you bought an Apple monitor and if you bought all Apple gear and Apple keyboard, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm using, I now use the Apple Magic keyboard. I use the Apple Magic trackpad. For those watching on the video version, I'm holding it up and yeah. Did I think that, do I think everyone should rush out and spend $200 on an Apple branded keyboard? No, it's not for everyone. But for me, I use it for hours and hours every day and it's, it is, it's the best keyboard I've used and it has the Touch ID button so I can log into my Mac at the press of a button, which saves me every 10 seconds that I have to not put my password in. I like to be secure, but I don't like typing my password. So that does actually help out. The compatibility. So this was probably the biggest selling point for me as someone who creates a lot and does a lot of audio and video on iPhone and iPad. That all worked beautiful and seamlessly. I was able to create things on my iPad, put it onto iCloud Drive, collect it on my iPhone, work on it. I used LumaFusion for my video editing across both my iPhone and iPad. I could share projects. I could share files. Everything was super simple until the point that I had to then go and upload it to YouTube or do something on the PC. At which point, it was just a bit harder. I couldn't airdrop directly to my PC. Yes, I could install iCloud Drive on my PC and then download files from there. Yes, I could use things like audio share file transferring, which I highly recommend. And I use that a lot. It works great. But there was just nothing quite as simple as having everything on the one platform. The amount of times that I have just gone, oh no, I don't, oh yes I do. I'll do something in the studio and I'll save it. I'll be like, oh no, I don't have that. Oh wait, yes, it's on my iCloud drive. Of course I have it. And again, yes, Windows has OneDrive and there's Google Drive, and there's Dropbox and everything can sync up files. There's plenty of ways to do this these days. In my opinion and in my experience, the Apple way just works a lot more seamlessly. At least in my experience. Now, has this revolutionized the way that I work? No, but it's definitely an evolution. It's definitely changed things and made things easier. And as I mentioned, I led with this. I'm a lazy, lazy person. I like things to just click into place and I don't want to have to spend extra effort or have something fail or not be able to transfer or not be able to access my files when I'm on the go. And the, the Apple ecosystem for all the, the folks that will tell me that they're, they're locking you into their ecosystem, you, you have to use their app store, you have to use their airdrop, you have to. Yes, I get it and I understand and I do. But I would actually prefer that over having to, to hodgepodge things together, which is weird. And this is why I opened with saying, use what works for you. Because when I was younger, here's the thing, I had a whole lot more disposable time but I had zero disposable income. Now I've got some income to actually buy things to help solve problems, 
but I'm super low on time. So for me, the time saving of better compatibility is worth more to me than being able to hack something together. Yet some folks may be like, I love setting up these systems and structures. And I know people that spend twice as much time setting up their system for how they're going to manage things than actually doing the work. And I used to be one of those people. I'd, I'd spend so much time like, oh, look at this to-do system I've got here. I've got my, I've got my to-do list. I've got my someday maybe list. I've got all these folders. I did the 43 folders thing for a while. I've got everything ready to go. And I found that I was spending you know, more time administrating than I was actually uh, productivating. I don't know, productivating. I just, I've said that a second time because I want to see how the uh, YouTube closed captions handle that one productivating. <laughs> I'll stop talking about it now. Two more things to go. Let's talk about quality. So in terms of quality, the the way that Apple stuff is put together, it's kind of next level. Now, yes, if you watch the Apple videos and if you watch their their commercials and do the, go to the Worldwide Developers Conference or coming up in September, there'll be an iPhone 15 launch. They'll tell us that it's buttery smooth. They'll tell us that it's anodized, a single sheet of anodized aluminium with beautiful curves and wonderful bezels. And yeah, they'll use all the superlatives. But they're not actually that far from it. I know, I know, I'm one of those. They're not actually that far from it because when you hold an Apple device, the, the, the reason, it, have you noticed how many people don't, I use a cover on my iPhone and my iPads. Have you noticed how many people are out in the wild not using covers? I've actually asked a lot of people why that is. And they say to me that they, they love holding the device in their hands so much that they don't want to spoil that. And it comes back to the design again. Apple stuff is designed so nicely, but it's also the quality of it. They also know that, yeah, you're still going to crack your screen if you drop an Apple product, but I've dropped my iPhones and my iPads more time than I care to admit. And compared to other devices I've had, compared to my Nokias, compared to my Palm Trios that I used to use back in the day, these things can actually take a pretty decent wallop. I've, I've been to the point where I've, yeah, I've dropped Apple keyboards. I've dropped Apple mices. I accidentally put a speaker on top of my trackpad the other day and thought, uh-oh, that's not going to go well. It bounced back and was absolutely fine. So, yeah, just the, the quality of the product is, is second to none, in my opinion. And they stand by their products too, which we'll talk about in a moment in the, in the last one, which is the support. But yeah, when you when you hold an Apple product, when you use an Apple product, everything from the unboxing experience, yes, I know, wanky word, but unboxing experience through to the setup, they were the first people to give you, do you remember when you used to buy consumer products and you would get them, they would have no battery. I didn't get that. I didn't get that either. I didn't get it either, Siri. You would get the device. I remember my first Palm Tree. I was so excited to use it. It had the Palm operating system. It had the little stylus. It had the touch screen, the QWERTY keyboard, the physical keyboard. I was super stoked. And of course, I opened it, got it out of the box, and there's a big warning thing. It says, the lithium-ion battery in this will only work if you charge it for six hours before you use it for the first time. Talk about a letdown. Whereas again, Apple just said, we are going to give you at least 50% of battery so that when you get your brand new shiny phone, you can start using it out of the box straight away. And yeah, look, was, was that a slight risk? Could it slightly have impacted the battery life? Possibly. But they knew that from a consumer perspective, 
that's what you want. And that's the level of quality in terms of that first experience. First impressions matter when you're using a new device. The first time you open it up, have you done this before where you've got a product and you started trying to use it and it's so difficult or it's so clunky or it's so hard to set up, you just don't like it anymore? Even once you've gone through all that and you've set it all up, you'd think you'd be like, ah, now I'm happy. Now I've got my device all set up. Instead, you're just looking at it going, eh, that's that thing that took me three hours. Like, like the Ikea effect. I've got pieces of furniture in my house that I just glare at every time I walk past because I'm like, you took seven hours of my life away and did not give me clear instructions. Side note, how are Ikea instructions still so bad? Why are Ikea not just giving you a step-by-step video link that comes with every piece of Ikea furniture? Maybe they do, maybe they do now. I haven't used Ikea furniture in a long time. I say to my wife, if you buy anything in a flat pack, uh, I'm, I'm going for a very long walk and hopefully it's together by the time I get back. Hint, hint. So I'll, I'll, I'll pay the assembly fee now. Again, that time thing. But in terms of the quality of the product, just the way it's built, the components in there, the lack of failure rate, again, because Apple have really focused in on this system on a chip, there are no moving parts. There's nothing to go in your iPhone and your iPad and, and in your, your Mac. There's really nothing that can go catastrophically wrong. Now, have I had issues like my charger port not working on my phone? Yes, by the way, video here on the channel. Use a toothpick, dig it out. You'll be fine. Um, so, and yeah, I, did, I have had problems in the past with battery life. But again, as we'll talk about in just a moment, these things are pretty easily resolved. I know, at this point in time, you're like, oh, I can't believe that you're just letting Apple get this $2 trillion company and you just think that they're the best thing since sliced bread. They've got, they do this, they do that. They don't, they don't, um, they're not easy to fix. You can't replace the battery yourself. Your screen replacement is almost impossible to do. Yeah, again, I get it. And my answer to you remains, use what works for you, both from a functionality perspective, because I've talked a lot about the form and the function and the usability, but also from your own moral and ethical views. If, if there's a company, if you think that Apple as a company are not doing the things that you that align with you and your values, feel free to not use them. If there's another company that align with your morals and values a lot better, feel free to use them. But make sure you're making that conscious decision that you're not just going, uh, don't, what is it, cut off your nose to spite your face? Don't not use the thing that's going to be the best for you for the wrong reasons, for just out of spite or out of, I don't want to be like those people who like Apple because it's not going to, it's not going to work for you long term, in my humble opinion. And again, take all this with a grain of salt. I'm one person telling you a thing. As I've always said around here, and if you're new to the, if you're new to Studio Live today, you might be hearing this for the first time. But anyone that gives you a definitive statement about what you should or shouldn't do when it comes to creativity is probably not right. And I say that because there's so many different ways to do things and so many different ideas and opinions and people that I can't say to you definitively that you should do X, Y, or Z or Z because it's all going to be different. And this is the big problem that a lot of people have. They follow people who say things that are definitive statements. And in the world of creativity, in the world of technology, it ain't no black and white. It's the same in the rest of the world. There's no black and white. And unfortunately, anyone that says they have all the answers and preaches it as one thing and everyone should believe or everyone should do this one thing, it's, it's generally not the case. 
And I think you can probably draw the conclusions to where I'm going with that because it's not just about the technology you use. It's about most things in life. Don't be a follower. Listen to all the opinions and then make up your own mind about what's going to work best for you because you're the one that has to use it and create music or do whatever you're doing. Let's talk about the last topic item here, which is support. Now, I know some of you will have had bad experiences with support from Apple or support from any other company. No one is perfect. As they say in The Simpsons, Pobody's nerfect. But <laughs> I got to tell you, compared to other companies. So I live here in Adelaide, South Australia. I'm very lucky that we have an Apple store here in Adelaide, South Australia. When something goes wrong with one of my Apple devices and I need support, I don't spend a whole lot of time searching around. I don't spend a whole lot of time on forums or trying to watch videos or work it out. I spend about five minutes and I go onto the Apple website and I put in my de details and I check when the next Genius Bar appointment is and I book an appointment. I go into the Apple store, I show them my problem and 95% of the time they fix it. Sometimes I have had issues where it hasn't been fixed or it's cost money to fix. Things like my battery, uh, battery on an old iPhone 6S that I had. But again, this was a five-year-old phone that the battery just needed replacing and the screen needed replacing. And I didn't expect that they would do that for free. They did it for a pretty reasonable price and they did a bloody good job of it. And I still use that phone as a backup phone to this very day. But what I tend to find is that they will go out of their way to try to actually fix it and help it. Now, you can look at this in two ways. You can say that their after-sales service and their support is in place so that you become, like me, an Apple fan person and you continue buying more Apple products. And I agree, because guess what? One of the best sales tactics is great customer service because word of mouth or word of mouse is very important when it comes to buying products. You're watching this video right now and this is a generally positive video about Apple. If Apple had screwed me over repeatedly, this would not be a positive view on that company. So they have gone out of their way for me and look, it's not just because I'm me. I've had other people, I've had friends and I've had family that have gone through the same experience. I don't think that there's a, a special little tick box next to John's and when John's goes into the Apple store, he gets a whole different treatment. No, because I've actually watched other interactions. Whenever I go to the Apple store, because look, one of the things is sometimes you have to wait around a bit. You sit on the cube, you watch the screen, but I tend to people watch and I watch a lot of people and there's a lot of surprise and delight going on in that place. Look, there's, there is... For every 20 people that are looking happy, there's probably one that's having a, a very heated discussion or is really unhappy that something has gone wrong. And look, I don't know where the fault lies there or who's to blame or whether their expectations are realistic or what the situation is. But yeah, they won't always be perfect. But again, when I've had friends, look, I don't normally get involved in these conversations. But when people say to me, oh, yeah, I can't believe you use an Apple Mac. Um, yeah, that's, uh, Apple are terrible. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, well, I guess you could say that. But when I had a problem with my Mac and I just take it to the Apple store and they take a look at it and they help me fix it. I mean, there ain't no Samsung store. There ain't no Asus store. There's no Acer store. There's not even a Microsoft store. If you're using a Microsoft uh, Surface, 
something goes wrong with that, you, you call them up or you're web chatting with someone. You're not actually able to go and speak to a real person in your own city and get a resolution usually same day. So, yeah, look, have I have I been have I drunk the Kool Aid? Have I been uh, pulled in to the world of Apple and think that they're better than they deserve to be? Who knows? But I can only go on my personal experience and the experiences of other people around me that more often than not, they've been able to resolve that and provide that level of support. Because again, they don't have a whole lot, they've simplified things down. I think the one thing, if I had to put my finger on it, the thing that I like most about Apple, and the the biggest concern I have about Apple actually, is that they're very simple. They have a very simple product line, very limited options. And this was a big Steve Jobs thing that he had when he was in charge. He wanted to just, there'd be a Mac, a MacBook and a Mac. Look, now you got the MacBook Air, now you got the MacBook Pro, now you got iPad Air, Mini, Pro, Vanilla. Yeah, that, they have kind of expanded that product line out a little bit. And if I was, if I had my way, I'd love to see it contract back a little bit because I think it's a little too expansive right now. I would actually prefer it be simpler. But at the same time, the, the chips are basically the same in everything. So if you look at the M1 chip, it's just the A, is it 15 or 16? The M2 is just going to be the A. Like it, they all line up. They're basically using the exact same gear, the same memory, the same chips, the same processing in all of their different devices, be it iPhone, iPad, or Macintosh. And I think that that just simplifies things down and makes things like after-sales support so much easier. Because the reason that you couldn't have a Samsung store even, or especially an Android store, imagine if Google had an Android store where if you had a problem with your Android phone, you took it in. Is it an HTC? Is it a Google Pixel? Is it a Samsung? Is it a Huawei? Is it, what is it? And then is it the, this version, that version, that version, that version? Yeah, it does make it more complex. So I think in terms of service, Apple have made it simpler because they have that ability. And look, you do pay for it. Let's be honest, that is built in. They don't build those big shiny cube-shaped stores with all the staff in there being able to help you out for nothing. So yes, every time you buy an Apple product, you are paying what many people call the sucker tax or the Apple tax because you are a bit like paying the cheese tax. When you're cooking and your dog comes up, you got to pay the cheese tax. you got to pay the Apple tax. So easy use. Design, cost, compatibility, quality, and support. And again, because I'm a lazy person, <laughs> I like the ability. And look, when I say lazy, let me be honest. I, I'm not necessarily lazy. I like to work and I work hard. But the reason I say lazy is I hate wasting time that I could be spending doing something productive, doing something non-productive. And non-productive to me is troubleshooting tech issues. It is trying to get hardware to work with other hardware. It is finding a way to get a four gigabyte video file easily from one device to another. All of those things are, if not fixed, at least made simpler by the fact that I'm all in the one ecosystem. Now, the final bit of advice I wanted to give you here is because I am in the one ecosystem and you may be as well, please don't put all your eggs in one basket. I know we get to the end of a, of a show, of a video where I'm talking about how I put all my eggs in the Apple basket. And now I'm telling you not to. Well, when it comes to your data in particular, when it comes to the saving of your files, when it comes to your personal information, it is still one company. So I know a lot of people who are like, oh, I've just got iCloud backup and I've got all my Apple devices on time machines and everything's perfect. 
And I say, yeah, great. But what if someone gets your Apple ID, goes in, deletes all your backup files, changes all of your iCloud settings uh, and bricks all of your devices? What do you do then? <laughs> so similar to Google, don't just put Gmail, put all your stuff in your Gmail and your Google Drive and then walk away because Google will protect me. Yeah, they'll try, but sometimes they can't. <laughs> sometimes through no fault of yours or theirs, a nefarious person gets in there and uh, has problems. Uh, you, you end up being the one that has the problems. So even though I say simplicity is great and ease of use is great and compatibility is great, I still have a backup on OneDrive and I still have a backup on Google Drive. So I use Microsoft, Google, and Apple. So I've got these three big companies, and yes, I pay a little bit of money to all of them to make sure that when I've got files that are super important to me, to the continuation of my business, because don't forget, I'm not just a music creator. This is my world. This is my business. I make sure that my files are backed up. So if tomorrow something horrible happens to either my Microsoft, my Apple, or my Google world, I at least know that there's stuff in other places and I've got backup copies. So take that as a little bit of final advice here on this one. I know this was a little bit of a different kind of ranty episode. I know it's probably got uh, got the got the blood pumping or maybe as uh, you get, get some anger going on because maybe you disagree with what I've said. That's all cool. That's all fine. Remember, feelings are valid. It's, uh, it's, it's okay to feel certain ways, but please express those. Let me know. Let, let me know what, what I'm wrong about. Let me know what your personal experience has been because I am but one person with one set of experiences. You folks have got your own experiences, your own things to do. And as I said, I'd be a super hypocrite if I said, oh, don't, anyone who just has, makes definitive statements and says there's one way to do things and one way to think, is it right? And then I tell you how to think and how to do things. It's not right. This ain't no cult. Even though a lot of people might talk about the cult of Apple, this ain't no cult. So you don't have to be part of it. I just wanted to talk today about some of the things and some of the reasons, because I do get asked that a lot. People say, why? Why on earth did you leave PC? Why did you decide to go all in on Apple? And I thought, let's, let's run through. Let's run through the top six reasons why I did that here today. Thank you for being here. If you're watching the video version, please leave a comment. Feel free to hit the little like button down below. If you're listening on the audio podcast version, thank you. Feel free to leave a review or a rating on your pod catching device or platform of choice. And as we say at the end of each and every show around here at Studio Live today, I would love for you to be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and keep creating. And remember, use whatever you want that's going to get the job done. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.